Today, I'm talking about my alternative proposition to the New Year's resolution and how to form a brand new habit. Happy New Year, everybody. I hope this finds you well. Of course, if you are listening to this episode the day that it comes out on Monday, it's not quite the New Year, but you are possibly thinking about what, how you want to tackle 2016. So that's what we're going to address today. Um, you know, it really is that time of year when we start to reflect on the year past and noodle over how we want to be better in the next. You know, a lot of us... Um, in this real food fitness community tend to be type A perfectionists. And so um, we're constantly looking for ways to improve and that's totally great, totally okay. I'm here to support you, I am one of you. Um, But I kind of wanna dial it back and before we really jump in and set our hearts on a New Year's resolution, I wanna propose an alternative. So, you know, when we tend to look on the year past we sometimes can be a little hard on ourselves and when we weigh in if we've met where we thought we would be by the end of the year. And if we don't measure up, we tend to punish ourselves by committing ourselves to a really lofty or sometimes even unrealistic New Year's resolution. So I'm here to propose an alternative. Instead of committing yourself to a resolution that's possibly tied to a specific outcome, for example, I want to lose 50 pounds, or I'm going to pay off that credit card bill, or I'm going to be a nicer, more pleasant person. Um, Those are all great things, but they're really specific outcomes and can be really daunting and overwhelming if you commit yourself to that one specific outcome because if you fall a little bit short, it can feel like you failed. So instead of committing ourselves to those kinds of resolutions, I propose that we commit ourselves to forming a new habit. And so that's really the gist of today's episode is we're going to talk about how to form a new habit and how that habit that you form might just give you the outcome that your heart really wants. So, and this is a trick that I have used on myself. My dad is a brilliant man. Um, he is a he's a business owner. He's grown a small business tremendously over the last few years. Uh, and he's always kind of been, he's one of those visionaries. He's one of those people you can sit down and have a three-hour dinner conversation with talking about uh, your entrepreneurial goals or, you know, I'm, I'm turning 30 in March and I still feel like I'm sitting down talking about what I want to be when I grow up. And we're constantly talking about, you know, ways to improve ourselves so that we can help the world around us. And one of the conversations that comes up all the time is habit forming. It's something that I've always found really interesting and it's something he's always given me some insight on. And even when I was younger, when I wanted to form a new habit, um, let's say if one of the habits was I wanted to have all of my homework done before 8 p.m. so that I didn't have any of those late night, you know, uh, evenings in high school where you're up till 2 a.m. working on a paper, um, which I don't, I can't say I ever was perfect on a habit, um, but he would always give me some great advice. And one of them was to give yourself 30 days to form that habit, you know, kind of a 30 day grace period, 30 days for it to feel uncomfortable. 
And if you give yourself permission to endure it for 30 days, then everything is going to be fine. And by the end of it, you will have developed that habit. And so that's something that um, I've used a lot over the years. And I have kind of put my own spin on it. And I, I really think there's a lot of folks who... Oh, goodness. I mean, I've sure I've got a lot on my plate and a lot of I like to say I've got a lot of spinning plates on dowels that I'm holding up and I constantly am trying to keep them going and keep everything spinning and upright. Um, And there's some folks who think, gosh, that's a lot. How do you do it all? And at the end of the day, that's really I love doing. I love fulfilling the capacity that I have to work. And the only way that works is by kind of training my life, my mind to have these nurturing habits that allow me to have the outcomes that I want to have. You know, you can kind of think of a habit as a gateway to those specific outcomes that you most desire. Um, So what I encourage you to do is, and we're going to get into some tips, but this is the first one, um, pen to paper kind of tip that I've got for you, an action item is at your soonest chance, List out the outcomes that you want to see in the year 2016. And now instead of setting your heart on one of those specific outcomes, think about how a habit that could make some, if not all of them, a more achievable possibility. So there are a lot of habits we could talk about. But for the sake of this show, I'm going to zero in on one example, and it's the one that I really think is the reason, I I really think it's the cornerstone for allowing me to do the things that I do um, and do all of them and do them all with a smile on my face, you know, in great health um, and and feeling like I'm I'm doing a good job. Um, And that is waking up at 6 a.m. every single day. So I'm going to use myself as an example for this. So what are my specific goals? What are my specific outcomes that I wanted to see that allowed me to choose waking up at 6 a.m. as the habit I wanted to form? And just a sample of some of my goals were, and any one of these honestly could be a New Year's resolution if you think about it, but I kind of want us to, to pull back and think bigger picture. So some of my specific goals were, one of them was to work out at least five times a week, whether I'm dropping into CrossFit, I'm dropping into a yoga class, um, maybe I'm going for a jog every once in a while, every once in a blue moon, I'll go for a jog, you know, trying to sweat five times a week. And when I had a really, really heavy workload, like I do right now, um, to be honest, it's, it's easy to make excuses to not work out. So that was one of my specific goals. Another one of my specific goals was to make my deadline. I am going gangbusters on this project. And if you follow me on social media, I'm at, you know, Fed and Fit on Instagram and on Facebook. I've been mercilessly teasing about this Fed and Fit surprise project. And I haven't told anybody what it is exactly yet. I know a lot of you have guessed Um, and you'll know soon enough, but there's a pretty aggressive deadline that I'm chasing and by golly, I'm going to make it and it's going to be great. It's going to, I'm trying to exceed my own expectations on it. And, um, making that deadline was, is one of my goals. And if you look at it on paper, it might seem a little overwhelming, but that was a specific goal. Another specific goal of mine is to put, even though I'm working hard to make that deadline 
and I want to work out five times a week and I want to maintain my healthy, balanced life with family and work life. Um, I also want to continue to publish one recipe and one podcast on the blog each week. Um, and that, you know, it may not seem sound like a lot, but that's actually a tremendous amount of work. And to all the bloggers listening right now, you know what I mean. Developing a recipe, doing the write-up, taking the photos, um, it's a considerable amount of work because you want it to be good. If people are going to invest their time and money in those ingredients, you really want it to, to come through for them. So that's a considerable amount of work. And then the amount of work that goes into the podcast each week is is considerable. Not only do I spend a lot of time thinking about what I want to talk to you about so that you get something out of the show, whether it's informative, enriching, or just fun, you know, like my reindeer game show was a, was a really fun one because I wanted everyone to have a good time. Um, there's a lot of thought and energy that goes into planning it and then the actual recording and setting everything up and the editing and then sending it over to my team and developing the graphics. And then there's another member of my team that does um, the transcription. So, you know, a lot goes into these things and I still wanted to commit myself to doing it every single week. Another one of my specific goals was to have some me time, some time where it's me by myself. And, you know, although I'm a very social person, I do really well with people. I love being around people. Um, you, I've, I've found that some of the most people, people persons out there um, also tend to need a recharge zone. And I'm definitely one of those folks. I need to plan my me time. Um, another one is I wanted to start my days less stressed out. There was a period of time where I woke up and I felt like I was already behind, you know, and if you... You may know what I'm talking about if you've been there. You know, you wake up and, oh gosh, I'm, I've got so much to do today and I don't know how I'm going to get it all done. And I wanted to avoid that feeling. And then lastly, I wanted to get on a more reliable schedule. You know, I was tired of feeling like I was at the mercy of emails and phone calls and how those demands would dictate my day. I wanted to feel like I was able to control at least a portion of it. So all of those are very specific goals. They are, you know, pretty, they could be New Year's resolutions in and of themselves. However, looking at all of them, if you weave a common thread and figure out, well, how can I make all of this happen? What habit could I form that might help me achieve some of these goals or make life a little bit easier and that's where I zeroed in on getting up at 6 a.m. Um, I was before this time I mean I was waking up at 7 30 around there because uh, I would stay up until 11 11 30 hanging out with my fiance and now husband um, that was kind of our our time together at night and then I would just allow myself to wake up naturally. But what happened is I would wake up and then I would immediately go into my day. I would immediately make breakfast, take Gus for a walk, and then get started in the kitchen. Um, However, if I give myself an extra hour and a half in the mornings, then all of a sudden I have an hour and a half by myself on the couch to finish work on my blog recipes and my podcasts, have some me time, just myself and a cup of coffee. My days are less stressed out because it's an hour and a half of just me and whatever I get done is kind of like bonus time. It's a reliable schedule because I committed myself to 6 a.m. So I've become 
just so in love with that time in the morning. It's It really helps set the day. And then when I get phone calls and emails throughout the day, they don't. I don't feel like they're throwing me off as much as they did before because I was able to invest in my work on my computer for that uninterrupted hour and a half in the morning when the rest of the world is asleep. It's really allowed me to work full steam ahead on my deadline because I was able to get that time by myself in the morning. I'm able to just kind of emotionally recharge. I'm able to touch base with my team and feel like they're off and doing their own things and keeping the wheels turning while I'm busy working on that project during the day. And then it's also helping me, to be honest, work out that five times a week. I'm not always perfect on it, but it's allowed me the opportunity to have less excuses to go work out because I got to do some of that work that often gets swapped for a workout in the morning. You know, how many times do we skip the workout because, well, I I really need to finish this project that I'm working on. And so what I would do is whatever project that would be as good enough excuse for me to skip a workout, I would schedule that for my morning time so that when it came time to work out, I didn't have any more of those excuses. I got the big stuff out of the way and I was ready to go and have a good sweat. So just using myself as an example here, but I hope that paints a picture what I'm trying to get at. The advantages of committing yourself to a new habit over just a new outcome and a new resolution. And there's an, I mean, there's another cool side of this is that oftentimes, you know, when it comes to resolution, the reason why all the naysayers say that they're so doomed to fail is because it seems like they, you know, if, if you slip up, then you're done. You know, if it's, it's you're either totally on or totally off. And that might be true working out five times a week. If you're, if you have a week where you only go three times, you might feel like you failed your resolution. However, you can't really fail a new habit. Okay. It can take you longer to form that habit. If you start to make some excuses and fudge a little bit around the middle, It might take you longer to really form it, but it's really kind of impossible to fail a habit. You know, you're not on or off a bandwagon when it comes to a habit. You're you're working on developing it and you're constantly and always working on it. That's kind of the the spirit around a habit. So it's a little bit more of a stress-free way to go, which you guys know me. That's what I'm about. Okay, so like we said before, how much time do you really need to form a new habit? And, you know, my dad always said 30 days. And in my experience, I think I really believe that that's true. I think 28 days, which is exactly four weeks, is a good way to measure. You know, mark your calendars. You've got four weeks. That's a Monday to a countdown and the last Sunday of those four weeks. Um, you know, that's really 28 days. You get to draft out the new habit. And that doesn't, and draft means you can have draft one, draft two, draft three. You know, if waking up at 6 a.m. is not early enough, then maybe you move that little dial forward to 5.30 a.m. Um, you know, and maybe that means that you go to bed at 8.30 or 9 o'clock, however much time you need. But, you know, you're able to redraft this habit so that it really fits into your life. Um, but you get 28 days to draft it out and then stick to it like you've never stuck to anything ever before. And I want you to know that it's going to feel miserable or it's possible that it's going to feel miserable, but that is normal, you know? Starting 
anything you start brand new can be painful. Think about the first time you work out after you haven't worked out in a long time. It's painful. You don't want to go. You're afraid you're going to be embarrassed. You know you're going to be sore afterwards. You have all of these negative thoughts going around and around in your head. But then eventually the cloud lifts and it gets so much easier. It gets fun. You start to really enjoy those endorphins. So, you know, we're, we got to get over that valley um, before we can really enjoy the new habit like we like we know we want to. Um, and eventually you, you'll rewire your brain so that this new habit becomes second nature. And that's really the end goal. The end goal is that, you know, going back to my example of waking up at 6 a.m., that I can wake up at 6 a.m. without an alarm clock. I just get up and I'm ready to go. There's no stressing about it. There's no wondering whether I'll wake up at 6 a.m. or not. No, I committed myself. Myself. <laughs> it's just one of me. I committed myself to those four weeks of working on the habit, making it a point to not make excuses, to allow myself the grace to modify the habit, meaning maybe I need more sleep to get the most out of my mornings, whatever it is. I go to bed earlier or I eat breakfast earlier, but whatever it was, I was still going to wake up early. I committed myself and now it's second nature and I cannot tell you how much it has enriched my life. So because I believe it is an excellent guide, I'm going, I'm going to walk you guys through Brian Tracy's tips on how to start a new habit. I think that he did a great job of itemizing it and I don't want to, um, I don't want to compete. I don't think you can. I think this is great. He did a great job. And we're going to link up to his full article in the show notes so you can follow it. But what he's drafted here are the seven steps to forming a new habit. And I think this really summarizes my take on it really, really well. These are all practices that I've used. It's not all brand new information, but I think that um, it can maybe help reorganize your mind around this new year time of committing yourself to new outcomes. Okay, so first, make a decision, and I'm just going to read this first part. Um, Make a decision and decide very clearly that you are going to begin acting in a specific way 100% of the time, and whenever that behavior is required. Um, So what this means is if you you devote yourself to waking up at 6 a.m. every morning, then 100% of the time, you wake up at 6 a.m. in the morning. Okay, so commit yourself that you have you've made that decision and you're going to honor that decision. Second, never allow an exception to your new habit pattern during the formative stages. And what we mean by that, we're not talking totally unrealistic. Let's say if heaven forbid you had an emergency and you were out all night and you really needed to sleep the next morning. That's obviously a different story because your health depends on it. But when we're starting a new habit, we can tend to kind of lean on some of those, you know, the the shoulder angels whispering to us that, you know, well, it would probably be better if we stayed up and watched just one more episode of whatever it is you're watching on Netflix, you know. Don't make those excuses or rationalizations and don't let yourself off the hook. And if you resolve, you know, like if you really do resolve to get up at six every morning, it's going to become automatic, automatic eventually, so... Um, that's a great one. Brian Tracy actually uses 6 a.m. wake up on his example as well for these seven steps, which 
think is funny. That's something that you, I have learned. I do tend, this is a total side note, bear with me. Um, but I have learned, I like to read interviews of really successful people. And maybe it's because I'm a really nosy person, but I always love hearing about people's morning routines or the things that they do all the time that they think is um, one of the most, the greatest contributing factors to their sustained success. And I will skim skim an article until I find it. And it's everybody from, you know, the editor-in-chief of Vogue magazine to Arnold Schwarzenegger. They all wake up early and they have the exact same morning routine. And I just think that's so interesting. So it's funny that Brian Tracy chose 6 a.m. for his example. And that's honestly the thing that I think I'm really the most thankful for that I have developed. Okay, so that was second. Never allow an exception. Third, tell others that you're going to begin practicing a new behavior. He goes on to say that it is amazing how much more disciplined and determined you will become when you know that others are watching you to see if you have the willpower to follow through on your resolution. So that's, it's pretty powerful, powerful, pretty powerful. You know, if you've got an accountability system, it can do a whole lot more for you. So, and that's something that I did. I told Austin, my husband, I told my family, I told everybody that I wake up, not I'm going to wake up or I'm trying to wake up at 6 a.m. every morning. I say, I wake up at 6 a.m. every morning and I sit down and I work, I have a cup of coffee and then I have breakfast and I go on with my day. I tell people that like it already is because I've committed myself that much to it. Fourth, visualize yourself performing or behaving in a particular way in a particular situation. And so he goes on to say, the more often you visualize and imagine yourself acting as if you already have the new habit, the more rapidly the new behavior will be accepted by your subconscious mind to become automatic. So I hope I don't didn't lose any of you on that one. I think sometimes some of this can get a little hokey pokey when we start talking about the subconscious mind. Um, But it's something that I really do put a lot of stock in. The more you are, if any of you listening are golfers, um, then you probably understand this or other sports in general, but you visualize the shot before you take a swing. And if you've got a tricky putt coming up or you're stepping up to the tee box, clearly I'm a golfer, so this is the example I use. Um, But every single time I visualize the shot And it's not that I then think about how to deconstruct and reconstruct the outcome based on my body's swings and movements. It's that subconsciously something happens that it kind of opens up the possibility that I can make that shot. And a lot of the times when my body cooperates, it happens and it's great. And in your new habit, it's the same way. You know, when you feel like you don't want to follow through on whatever new habit you have devoted yourself to, or if you're, if those excuses are kind of starting to bubble to the surface and you can feel like they're almost going to take control of you, you can kibosh, you can put an end to it by visualizing yourself following through on that habit, on that daily habit that you have committed yourself to. Fifth, create, create an affirmation. Okay, that you repeat over and over to yourself. So this, he goes on to say, this repetition dramatically increases the speed at which you develop the new habit. 
So this kind of goes along with what I was talking about where I said, you know, we talked about telling others and creating that accountability system. Um, but you, it, the affirmation is I get up at 6 a.m. every morning. That's the affirmation. You're saying it like it already is. Um, so think about that. Whatever your new habit is, just declare it. Create that affirmation and repeat it. Repeat it often. Repeat it. Kind of fake it till you make it. You keep saying it until you believe it. Sixth, resolve to persist. So in this new behavior until it becomes so automatic and easy that you actually feel uncomfortable when you do not do what you have decided to do. You know, there are some days where, let's say I was up kind of late. Um, This holiday season is a good example, but I stayed up with family. We played games way too late. I had a couple more glasses of wine than I normally would. And I didn't get to bed until 12, 1230, which is way late for me. I'm usually in bed by 930, 10 o'clock. And all of a sudden, you know, I tell myself because I know my body needs more sleep. And as you guys are long term followers of the show, you know that sleep is number one for health. So I will tell myself that for the sake of my health, I'm going to try to get at least seven hours of sleep. Eight would be great. And what happens is my body wakes up, 6 a.m. rolls around. I've only had five and a half hours of sleep, but by golly, I'm awake. And even if I try to sleep now, I can't. I'm uncomfortable in bed. I don't I don't feel right staying in bed. So I, I get up and I just wind up making up a portion of that sleep the next night. So, you know, resolve to persist until it becomes so automatic that you feel uncomfortable when you don't do it. And then seventh, And he thinks most importantly, give yourself a reward of some kind for practicing in the new behavior. He says that each time you reward yourself, you reaffirm and reinforce the behavior. And soon you begin to associate at an unconscious level, the pleasure of reward with that behavior. So this is a really interesting one. And, you know, I honestly didn't realize that I did this until I read Brian's notes here before when I was doing research for today's show. But my reward in the morning is a cup of coffee. You know, there are some mornings where I think I've got a task ahead of me that I don't necessarily, I'm not looking forward to a whole lot. You know, maybe it is um, renaming a whole bunch of photos so I can get them off to a team. And renaming photos is not very glamorous. You have to click through them, open them, and I'm definitely not the most proficient on some of these systems. Um, So I'm not looking forward to it. By golly, I am looking forward to that cup of coffee. And if I wake up before Austin, that means I get to make the coffee exactly how I want it. So that's even more exciting. So that's my reward. And sometimes I I find myself you know, fantasizing about my hour and a half that I've got the next morning with just my cup of coffee. And the work part of it almost becomes kind of a sub-note, a footnote. So pick a reward and, and, and use that kind of Pavlov's type of thing. You know, now when I have coffee in the morning by myself or when I'm working in the morning by myself on the couch or at my computer, I, I kind of crave coffee. Um, it's just, it's pretty interesting. So, um, okay, well, I hope that was helpful for you guys and... I hope you find it inspiring and I hope you take a breather um, when it comes to choosing a resolution. Um, If you know me, you know that this show was not going to be about me telling you to resolve 
2016 to eat a 100% paleo lifestyle and to work out five days a week. You know that's what I'm not about. What I'm really about is encouraging you guys to equip yourself with as much information as you feel comfortable so you can make informed decisions about yourself, but above all, to just relax and enjoy the ride. Um, that lack, that relaxed, stress-free state of mind will do more for your health than anything else. So congratulations on a wonderful year to each one of you. And take a moment. I know it's hard right now to really pat yourself on the back, especially if you are one of those type A folks. You're probably measuring yourself up to see if you met your expectations for the year. Um, but you accomplished a lot. You did a lot. You met a lot of amazing people. I know that you probably influenced more people than you think you did. So pat yourself on the back. It was a tremendously successful year. Next year will be no different and you can make life even more easy and more fun by setting yourself up for success with really, really healthy habits. So thank you guys for listening. As always, it's been a pleasure to talk to you all year long and we've got some great content planned for you next year. We'll talk to you soon. 